Blog Talk Radio. The following show is a proud member of the ShowDoc Network. Learn more about this show and other great shows by logging on to ShowDoc.com. This week's episode of the Sports Docket is being sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, System Showdown. And by K-Rod, strike out of A-Rod. We sure felt the breeze from that one. Coming to you live from... What's on your docket? Welcome to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Tune in to hear their take on New York sports to see if their teams make the grade. Presented by ShowDoc.com. Live from Lynbrook in Syracuse, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quas. Time to talk New York sports. Hello and welcome to the Sports Talk and on Blog Talk Radio. This is Milestone Episode 60 for Tuesday, May 25th, 2010. I'm coming to you live tonight from Brooklyn, New York. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Klossman. In a couple of moments, I'm talking about the Giants and Jets bid, which is now official, uh, to bring the 2014 Super Bowl to the new Meadowlands Stadium and the recent uh, Giants organized team activities with John Fenley of Pro Football NYC, and Sportsnet New York's Giants football blog. We're also discussing the Giants' picks in the NFL draft. During the show, I want to hear from the phone lines as we'll be taking questions from our listeners. You can call us at 646-478-511, and you may have to press 1 to get on the caller queue. And if you prefer to message your query, you can aim myself at Go Talk to Quas. In addition, you can also leave us a voicemail or send us a text during off-show hours by calling or texting us at 315 315- 497 show that's 315 497 7469. Be sure to text or say sports docket or SD before your text or call. So, tonight we're going to discuss the Giants and Jets bid to bring the 2014 Super Bowl to the new Meadowlands Stadium, as well as the Giants picks NFL draft. Right after our football talk, uh, this week's docket will also dish out on the Mets taking round one of the Subway Series at City Field. On that note, I'd like to welcome on the docket John Fenley of Pro Football NYC and Sportsnet New York Giants football blog. John, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Great. Thanks for coming on again, and let's get uh, right to it. Well, before anything else, so let's start with this, of course. Uh, tell listeners about Pro Football NYC and Sportsnet New York Giants football blog and how readership has gone for those two sites. Uh, Pro Football NYC is a... Uh, is a website that I started about two months ago. Um, its uh, basic goal is to uh, capture the synergy of both fan bases from the Jets and the Giants. Uh, we have a lot of people interested in it, a lot of advertisers, a lot of ex-players, a lot of current players. The NFL and themselves are involved, um, the Jets and the Giants. So uh, what it's going to be, it's going to be sort of like a grand central station for New York football. Uh, right now, if you go there, it's sort of like a blog template. Uh, that's just temporary. But before the season starts, it's going to be fully functional, and uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be quite a venture. Uh, SNY's Giant Football Blog is part of their family of blogs. Um, 
Pat Cerrone of Mets Blog. He runs the, uh, the all the blogs uh, for SNY. He and I are going to uh, do a retool of Giants Football Blog and gear that as uh, one of the top blogs on the net. Right now it's kind of lagging behind some of the other things they, they're doing. Mets Blog is probably the best blog on the net, maybe the best sports blog on the net, and we're going to try to get it up to that level, or try to anyway. Yeah, I definitely think it's getting towards that point. You mentioned that uh, Pro Football NYC uh, is like a Grand Central Station uh, for football in, this, in the Tri-State area, and 2014 we now know that uh, come Super Bowl time, this area will be a, uh, a Grand Central Station for football, not just in the city, but for the entire NFL. Uh, first, of course, uh, it took a couple of rounds here before the Giants and Jets uh, finally got the bid in and won. Uh, what did you make of the uh, Giants and Jets pitch for the 2014 Super Bowl, and were you surprised uh, with this outcome here? Well, in a, in a way, I was surprised. Uh, you know, but knowing the commissioner and you know his overarching plan to do what's best for the league, uh, when it comes right down to it, I really wasn't surprised because I knew they geared the pitch based on what he's been trying to do. Um, I met the commissioner earlier in the year at the draft. I was very impressed with him, his candor, and his ability to connect with fans. Uh, you know, he knows this business is ultimately supported by fans, and his outreach. Uh, over time, since he's been commissioner, is starting to pay off. I think the Super Bowl coming to New York City will be a financial boon for the entire league. You have detractors out there. They'll be eating crow. This is going to be the greatest thing uh, the league has seen in a while. Um, football has always been played in the elements. I think the fans are going to eat it up. I mean, look at all the people that stand in Times Square on New Year's Eve, no matter what the weather is. I mean, the people don't care about the weather. Yeah, that's a great point there, and um, it's funny that the, uh, the Giants and Jets, of course, beat out a couple of cities with uh, exceptionally good weather at, the, at that time of year, but it's good to see the city win one here after losing several bids, including the Olympic bids. Um, right. Let's move over, to, of course, the Giants here. Uh, what were uh, some of the highlights of this of the recent organized team activities, and does it look like things are, are starting to come into form uh, for their offense? Uh, it doesn't. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it actually is. I mean, that's great. Uh, the the OTAs don't really tell. You. I was at rookie mini camp. I have not attended any of the OTAs yet. Um, but the OTAs, uh, there was only I think there was only one day media was allowed in. And what we what they did see is that Eli is looking really sharp. And the receivers in their, sec, their second year receivers, although Nick's didn't get a lot of work in, Barton and Beckham did. Uh, Travis Beckham, a tight end, and, and uh, Ramsey's bought in a wide receiver, and they're looking really good. So they're going to be integrated into that offense. And uh, the, the running game, everybody's healthy again. Jacobs, I uh, talked to him not too long ago, and uh, he says he's ready to play right now. So, you know, and he looked good from what I saw, the, the, the video that I saw. He was running pretty hard. So I think the running game is back. The passing game is back. I think Eli is more entrenched as a leader. I think their offense is set. That's good to hear for sure. Uh, let's move over to the other side of the ball on the defense. Of course, uh, everyone's raving about Pierre Paul. Uh, what do you think uh, he brings uh, to the table for the Giants? Well, he's a he's a very special athlete. Uh, when you when you meet him, you see how he looks like a basketball player. 
You know, he's tall and thin. If he turns sideways, you're not going to be able to block him. He's going to be by you. I mean, he's got that slippery uh, element about him. Um, I think that he's got the strength. Uh, I saw a video on the Internet where he actually hits the heavy bag or the sled harder than any other lineman that they tested in the draft, which is kind of an amazing thing. Plus, he's faster than they all are. So he's got strength, size, and speed. That's a triple combination that, you know, no one else in the draft had. The Giants could not pass him up. Absolutely. We're joined right now by John Fenley of Pro Football NYC as well as Sportsnet New York Giants football blog. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about this draft here. Uh, of course, several picks uh, fans and uh, management like are raving about, but do you think the Giants fell short at all in this draft in terms of offense? Uh, they've been drafting offense the last couple of years. I mean, they don't need any receivers. Mm-hmm. I thought that they may try to get another tight end because Kevin Boss was having a little issue with his ankle, but I think he's ready to play this year. He's gonna, he just had that taken care of, so he should be ready. That was the only position, maybe the interior line, which they got. They, they drafted a kid by the name of Mitch Petras, a very strong kid out of Nebraska. I'm sorry, out of Arkansas. Um, <clears throat> good kid. He could pull just like Richie Seibert can. He's a younger Richie Seibert, so they're kind of backfilling Richie's position before Richie, you know, actually retires, which he's probably going to do so. Um, <clears throat> the defense, hey, they, they drafted Pierre Paul, Linval Joseph. Uh, you know, I'm 6'3", 260, and I stood in front of him and, and interviewed him not too long ago. He made me look like a child. <laughs> he's a big guy. And, you know, he's going to get down in the middle of that line, and nobody's going to move him. Nobody. I mean, whoever. this is another reason why they don't necessarily need a, a big hitter at middle linebacker because not too much is going to get past him and Chris Canty this year if Canty is healthy. That line is they're going to, they're going to handle the middle of that field. Um, they did draft a kid by the name of Philip Dillard out of Nebraska. Now, he's kind of smallish, but he reminds me a lot of Antonio Pierce. Um, he's smart. Uh, he understands what they're trying to do. He's very good laterally. Um, so he's just not that big. I think that's that's the problem with him. And another kid that is a baseball player, the safety that they got, uh, Chad Jones, uh, he's just a hitter. Right now, uh, he needs to learn football. He needs to learn how to cover. But uh, he can knock the starch out of people. I don't know if you go on YouTube and, and look up Chad Jones, you'll see some hits that this kid laid on some of these College, in some of these college games, unbelievable. Wow. Definitely got to take a look at that. Uh, we have a uh, question here from a person in our chat room. His name is Vince Lombardi Jr., but it is no relation to the actual uh, Vince Lombardi. But uh, his question is, um, do you think the Giants need a veteran presence at wide receiver? Um, the veteran presence right now at wide receiver is Dominic Hickson and Derek Hagan. And uh, I, I actually talked to both of those guys, and they're pretty well grounded. And um, to tell you the truth, they don't need it. They don't need it. Steve Smith, a uh, very smart player, he came in basically, he was a veteran as a rookie. You saw him in the Super Bowl, the way he played. Um, but Hickson and Hagen are two guys that kind of lead the pack there. And uh, I'll tell you what, they're all playing like professionals now. They all know how to practice like Giants. They're all on the same page with Eli. I don't think they need a veteran uh, wide receiver uh, presence. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, speaking of veterans, uh, well, the Giants, this squad, like a lot of their other squads, does have a lot of rookies on it. Uh, how cautious do you think the Giants should be with their rookies? Well, you know, Tom Coughlin is a is a patient guy. He doesn't appear to be a patient guy, but he is. Uh, he doesn't ask a lot of the rookies. He just asks them to do what they're told to do. So, you know, if they got a Pierre Paul who has a, excuse me, <clears throat> who has a particular talent of, you know, north-south rushing, they're just going to put him into those positions where he, those situations where he can succeed. Uh, I don't think they're going to ask a lot of any particular rookie, uh, especially a middle linebacker. I don't know if Dillard is going to come in right away. They, they also signed a kid by the name of Lee Campbell out of Minnesota who also played in the Tampa, too, who's a very tough kid, too. So they like him. He's also a rookie. I don't know if either one of those guys is going to start day one. You may see Jonathan Goff, Brian Keel, or somebody like that. All right. Uh, going over to um, the uh, NFC East division here, uh, how did you think the uh, Giants uh, racked up against the other teams in, in the division? Obviously, uh, it takes a couple of years to evaluate a, a draft class, but do you think the Giants racked up well against uh, the other teams in the NFC East? Well, you know, it's, it's hard to compare because each team has it. You know, when you're sitting in the draft, you know, I went to the draft this year for the first time. When you're sitting there, you've got 32 different philosophies, and you have no idea what anyone else is thinking. Um, and what teams do, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, stays within their war room. So you have no idea what their plan is. You may think they need X, Y, and Z, and they don't think they need that. Uh, I thought Philadelphia taking 13 using all 13 picks that they had was absurd. I, there's no way 13 rookies are going to make that roster. You know, I, I thought that maybe they should have just traded up or traded for next year, uh, but they did get a heck of a lot of defensive talent there. Um, Dallas got Des Bryant and Sean Lee, I believe, from Penn State. Those are two guys that are going to come in right away and play. So that's a successful draft right away from them. Sean Lee, Sean Lee is a very good linebacker. I thought the Giants may have taken him, but they took Linval Joseph instead. So you know, hey, you can't draft everybody. Um, Washington, they drafted Trent Williams, I think, in the first round over Russell Okung, which is a you say tomato, I say tomato type of thing. Uh, but then after that, they didn't draft at all on Friday, and you know, overall their draft was kind of like a bust because they didn't have enough picks. But I think the Giants, in comparison to everybody else, did what they set out to do. They got some depth on defense. They got their defensive line rotation back. And then they went through free agency and the draft. They got a little defensive depth. So I think that's what they set out to do. They didn't really need anything on offense. They, they needed another interior lineman. They got it. They needed a punter. They got it. The only reason why they needed a punter is because Spiegels came in that week and said, I'm retiring. So, you know, just perfect timing. Well, Fiegels is that kind of a guy. I mean, he, he gave the Giants the heads up to, to you know, use the draft to, to get a punter, to try to get a replacement for him. Better than Brett Favre, though, that's for sure. Um, yeah, now he's not quite as selfish as Brett Favre. <laughs> We're joined right now by John Fenley of Pro Football NYC and Sportsnet New York's Giants football blog. We have another question from our chat room from Vince here. He's asking, uh, what do you think of the Giants on special teams? Do you think the Giants are weaker than they've been in the past? Um, well, the punter is, uh, and, and the field goal kicker are obviously problems. 
You know, they're trying like heck to, to replace Lawrence Tynes. Whether he's been knighted by the Queen or not, it doesn't matter to Tom Coughlin. Uh, if he can't get his kickoffs into the end zone, if he doesn't get more touchbacks, uh, they're going to look to replace him. You know, he's erratic on – he's as erratic as they come on field goals. Uh, they have the kid, Sam Swank, who looks pretty good, but, you know, from what I saw, you know, he needs to do more. Otherwise, they're going to be back with Tynes, and, you know, it's hit or miss with him. On coverage, um, I think they do pretty well. Brian Keel is a tremendous uh, uh, guy on coverage. Chase Blackburn, if he makes the team. I don't know. There's, a, there's not a rule for everybody now. Uh, they do have some good guys on special teams. It's the return game and the punter itself. Uh, I think it's going to end up being Matt Dodge, the punter, not the Australian. Uh, Jai Bond, the guy that kicks with both legs. You have to see that. That's pretty interesting. Um it is, yeah. It's it's strange. The guy kicks. He has a deep uh, a deep kick leg and a and a pooch leg. Forget which is which, but it, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, Dodge has a very powerful leg, but he has very little finesse. You know, the Giants were spoiled by Jeff Fegels. You know, he was the best, maybe in history, of, of putting the ball inside the ten, inside the twenty. You know, uh, and pinning teams down. But uh, it's the return game, I don't think Ahmad's going to be back there. Bradshaw, I don't think they want to risk him. So you'll probably see Hickson. And uh, they try, hopefully Chad Jones can come up and, and maybe do some returns because he's, he's kind of a wild card. He can do a lot of different things. But, you know, it, uh, Tom Quinn, who's the uh, uh, special teams coach, he's got his work cut out for him. And, you know, in the interview that we did with him uh he knows that. So he, he's he's going to be watched. The, the special teams are going to be watched this summer. Everything's open. Most of these jobs are still open as we speak right now. Now, I asked uh, this question to a couple of other Giants reporters, and there seem to be mixed uh, answers on this. Uh, in, in regards to the Giants' new stadium, do you think the Giants will have any trouble adjusting to it, or do you think they'll, they'll fit in pretty pretty quickly? You know, I, I I missed the day that everybody got to go inside, so I I don't know, and it's it wasn't football season anyway. I think it was March, when every late March when everybody got that shot to go and see it. So you don't know what the November and December winds are going to do in that place. Um, I don't think it matters anymore to Eli. I think he's got his motion down. I think he's he's got his spiral down. He knows he's got a gun in the ball. Uh, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect him at all. Um, the kicking game, on the other hand, who knows? And, you know, the Jets uh, obviously are having the same issues. Uh, they're concerned about, you know, which kicker they're going to use because they have kicking issues as well. So the new stadium, you know, they're saying that it could be windier, you know, but they, they think it's going to be warmer because there's going to be a lot of heat coming emanating from underneath the stadium. There's, it's kind of enclosed, if you see. It looks like a bird's nest. So, yeah. We'll see. Uh, that remains they, to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to the draft here, um, you mentioned that the Giants in the past mostly picked offense. This shows kind of in the other direction. Uh, do you think that uh, Jerry Reese, Tom Coughlin were confident enough with their offensive weapons to have a more defensively-minded draft, or was it just a product of the core of players coming out of college and trying to fill some needs? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think it was a good draft for offensive players anyway. Um, 
they had taken care of a lot of their offensive needs over the last couple of years. They, they could have drafted a running back, but this wasn't a deep draft for running backs. You saw uh, the Chargers actually had to trade up to get Ryan Matthews, and C.J. Spiller went to Buffalo at nine. They didn't think he'd be, you know, going the top ten. So uh, there really wasn't anybody there for them to take. Um, you know, they they wanted to, they couldn't pass on Pierre Paul they, and Brian Matthews. It's just a, a, a maybe a a quicker version of Ahmad Bradshaw when you think about it. Uh, they still have a lot. Of, they have they have a lot of uh, running backs that still haven't really gotten on the field to show what they could do. Gautrell Johnson, Danny Ware, Andre Brown. I mean, you know, they're paying all these guys. You know, they want to keep drafting over. They want to give these guys a chance. And at receiver, they're they're stocked. I mean. There was nothing they could do there. I mean, a lot of people had them taking Golden Tate, but I don't know where Golden Tate would have fit in. Uh, during this offseason, Tom Coughlin, of course, missed about the Giants defense in the second half of last year. It was not the usual Giants defense. Uh, do you think that a major issue for Big Blue in 2010 uh, will be if the defense returns to its uh, championship caliber form? Uh, that depends on... There's two things. The defense is predicated on the pass rush. If they can keep that defensive line rotation healthy and they can be fresh for 60 minutes, they will cause a lot of turnovers. The Giants will win a lot of football games. If there's any kind of injury issue up front, uh, they're going to they're have a problem. I mean, that, that's what happened last year. They had too many injuries. The scheme wasn't right. Uh, you know, the Sheridan had some kind of zone blitz thing going on where he had OCU Manura covering tight ends. Hey, come on. These guys are north-south pass rushers. Let them do what they do. Um, I think that if the pass rush continues like it was in, in 2007 when they won the Super Bowl, um, they're going to be very successful. And I think everything stems from that. All right. Uh, now uh, we always ask our guests to make a prediction, and uh, we'll ask you as well. Um, with the team that uh, Big Blue has now, uh, what record and placing do you see them having in the NFC East? Um, I see them somewhere around 11 to 12 wins. Um, I think that Eli Manning is, has turned the corner, and he is an elite player, and he's going to be an elite player in this league. He's going to prove it this year. Uh, I think the defense is kind of uh, ready to go. There's a lot of guys that they had on that defense that people don't even realize, uh, you, you know, are good players. Michael Bowley. I mean, he was injured last year. He got suspended. He's ready to go this year. Clint Sintem is frothing at the mouth. This kid wants to play. I mean, they've got a lot of guys just ready to tee off. Uh, I'm telling you, I, th I think this team is going to win 11 or 12 games and go deep into the playoffs. Well, we'll definitely uh, hope for that. Uh, before I let you go here, uh, tell the listeners where they can read your columns online and clue us in to where we can follow you on Twitter. Uh, I'm at uh, John Fenley on Twitter. Uh, that's John, J-O-H-N, Fenley, F-E-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Also on Twitter, we have Pro Football NYC. That's also on Twitter. Uh, the website's uh, giantsfootballblog.com. Not giantfootballblog.com. That's another blog that's out there that kind of undercut us. We're giantsfootballblog.com. And then profootballnyc.com. 
and we right. have Facebook pages for both of those sites as well. Definitely uh, going to check them out. And once again, uh, thanks for coming on and answering our questions. And uh, we hope to speak to you again sometime down the line. Go Big Blue. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. You guys have a good night. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thank you. You got uh, it. Of course, was John Fenley of Pro Football NYC. And uh, the blog, uh, Sportsnet New York's blog, uh, over at uh, GiantsFootballBlog.com. Definitely check it out. Let's get to the Subway Series here. Again, number to call in, 646-478-5118. You can also aim me uh, off of um, aim, go talk to Quas. Uh, you can also send me a... Um, message on Skype as well. I'm over at Quastro7. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page. Thanks to our fans. Tune in Facebook.com slash sports docket. Of course, uh, we're going up tonight uh, against the Mets, playing in City Field, hosting the Phillies, and they got a 4 nothing lead in the fifth. Uh, the Mets try to continue their um, two-game win streak and extend that to three against Philadelphia, a big series in Philly tonight after a um, very impressive um, at least two games. Actually, you can say all three games were pretty impressive with the Mets um, in terms of their pitching. The offense was kind of anemic on Friday night, but it, it came back on Saturday and Sunday. So nice job by them. Um, the Yankees, of course, playing in Minnesota and hoping to rebound at least two straight to the Mets at City Field. And they're playing in Minnesota right now, and they trail. Actually, it's scoreless in the bottom of the third right now. Jason Begg's team is his hot team. He's got two RBIs tonight, and uh, the Phillies are uh, rarity. They're facing a knuckleballer for the second straight game. They're facing uh, R.A. Dickey tonight. He's trying to go for his first one at the Met, and it looks like uh, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like he hangs on here. He'll be able to win this game. Number as always is 646-478-5118. That's the number to, uh, to call into the show. Uh, you can also uh, aim me over at Go Talk to Quas. Um, you can find me. I just want to chime in over there. And um, you can also leave us a voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail. You leave us a voicemail at, um, at 315-497-SHOW. That's 315-497-7469. Be sure to say SD before your text or call. And we are going to close out early tonight. Um, but I do want to thank you guys for tuning in and as well as our listeners and callers for chiming in over there. Um, just one thing I don't want to mention today with the Mets, of course, uh, Frankie Rodriguez had another altercation, this time with uh, the closer across the Mets, with bullpen coach Randy Neiman. According to the New York Times, had to be separated by other relievers during an argument regarding the closers' recent bullpen use. Of course, um, Frankie Rodriguez had to get a five-out save against the Yankees. Um, in this series, so maybe it was about that. I don't know exactly the big details. Frankie was kind of mum on it all, but he did uh, have to be separated from an argument. Uh, Jerry Manuel uh, had Frankie Rodriguez warm up multiple times on Sunday against the Yankees. And, of course, Frankie 
So hopefully that will be clear. Frankie, of course, has been getting the job done of late, and was really good for the Mets this season, and of course had a five-out save recently. So hopefully they'll get that worked out. So I'm going to call in six four six four seven eight five one one eight. Mets lead the Phillies for nothing. Hoping to get back on track. Five games out right now, trying to get back to five hundred. And Frankie Rodriguez um, had a big strike of K-Rod, as I mentioned, in the Open, which kind of sealed the deal for them. So, let's see what happens. All right. Um, Michelle has gone from 11 live and 56 archives to five plus tonight. There will be many more in the archive. Our show has come to an end. Well, people know episode 61 will be sometime in the near future. Stay tuned to our Twitter page and Facebook pages for updates on guests and topics. Our show is just 45 minutes, but it's actually 30 minutes tonight. You can follow us at twitter.com slash sportsdocket or become a fan of us at facebook.com slash sportsdocket. I'd like to thank our loyal Facebook fans for tuning in tonight. And, of course, uh, definitely leave us a voicemail or... Uh, Join us next time. Uh, keep posting with our Facebook uh, pages and Twitter pages. We're, we're gaining followers and fans, so definitely uh, chime in for that. Show Doc.